the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. And welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. And I'm going to adjust some dials. I am in Sacramento, California. And guys, give me the volume adjustment for my own ears. I'm hearing my voice extremely loud. Let's see, that doesn't do anything. All right, so we'll have to figure that out. In the meantime, I'll talk without headphones, but then I won't hear you, Sean. All right, well, we'll figure this out. Hi, everybody, from Sacramento, California. I spoke last night at uh, a wonderful, wonderful event. And I, uh, I, I'd i like to tell you a little about it. Because there is hope for this country, my friends. And I, I need to inform you of something very positive that uh, took place uh, last night. And hold on here. William Jessup University invited me. It's a it's a Christian university, and the wonderful president of the university interviewed me, and I'm talk about him in a in a moment too. And so there, by they said about 800 people there. It seemed, it seemed to have been uh, sold out. So it was a very touching evening. And why do I mention this to you? We have this is California. And we have a lot of allies. We have a lot of kindred spirits. The reason that you don't know, or many people don't know this, is that the media act as if we don't exist. That's the reason. See, I would say almost worse than the media's distortions, like the lie about the Moscow collusion with the Trump campaign, a two-year lie, I might add, from the New York Times to the Los Angeles Times across the country, as as destructive to knowing the truth about the society and the suppressing of voices is the suppressing of voices. I've mentioned to you that I asked a relative who's extremely uh, bright and very professionally successful, and I'll I'll leave it at that. And I said, did you ever hear of Jordan Peterson? And he said, no. And they, they, again, I remind you, they don't hear us, see us, watch us, study under us, read us. They don't, they don't know we exist. Only in the imagination, the MAGA domestic terrorist, white supremacist, neo-Nazi way of of depicting the opposition to the left. The left has always done this. Stalin said that Trotsky was a fascist. And 
it, it has never changed. That is the left's modus operandi to uh, smear uh, opponents and not debate them. They just give them labels like, what is it? What, what, what is the label? Oh, yes, transphobe. If you actually believe, if you assert that there are only two sexes, you're a transphobe. You are a hater. I mean, isn't that amazing? Were there ever transphobes in history? How, this is a new, a new human being has been invented, the transphobe. And it's quite interesting because if, if I meet you in the street and you look like a woman, sound like a woman, have a woman's name and dress like a woman, how am I transphobic if you are trans? I don't even know what to be phobic with regard to. Now, if phobic means fear, yes, I'll tell you what I have fear of. I have a fear of the extinguishing of the male-female distinction. That I have a fear of because it's a bloody lie and it ruins civilization and it ruins children to think they may not be the sex that they really are. That's why these people are doing spectacular harm to spectacular numbers of children. That's why. I'll get back to that because there's actually good news in that front as well. And I will I will bring that to you in a moment. But I I did want to say that it seems to me if you're looking for uh, if you're a Christian certainly, or if you're not a if you're not a Christian and you are just you just want your child to have a, a, a Bible based clearly Christian oriented uh, education, and why not? What what is it? What does it hurt your child uh, to have that? Would you rather your child learn Christianity or learn wokeism? It, it seems to me it's a no-brainer. And I'm speaking as, as a religious committed Jew. So anyway, there, were, there was a very big turnout last night. And, and this is the heartland. This is the capital of a state run by truly vile people. Vile, not because in their personal life they're vile. I don't have a clue about their personal lives. But vile because of what they're doing to the society at large. So that was a uh, was a very moving evening last night. And again, the name of that university is William Jessup, J-E-S-S-U-P. I suggested that uh, to the president that they advertise on my show. Uh, not that I'm looking for advertisers but that uh, people are looking for universities that they can trust. What a search. So I want to bring to you a very interesting development here with regard to this issue of the abolition of the sexes. And we will do it. Here we go. World Athletics. Just listen to this. World Athletics makes bombshell transgender move. This is from Australia, news.com. Transgender women will no longer be allowed to compete in female track and field events regardless of their levels of testosterone. Well, there's there's finally a, a pushback into fairness and reality. 
I am going to write a column. This, this idea occurred to me as uh, sometime last night driving from the venue to back to Sacramento. I want to write a column, and I will list all those institutions and prominent individuals who are for having biological men compete in women's sports. I want history not to erase. The left controls history. So I would like history to know that the New York Times and the and X, Y, and Z individual were for having biological men compete in women's sports. I don't want history to forget the asininity of all these leftist institutions. They get away with so much damage because as soon as uh, the society awakens, truly awakens, doesn't become woke, but becomes awake, then all of a sudden, hey, we didn't really say that. We just didn't think it was fair, and we, we wanted to figure out a way for the transgender to have a, a way of competing in sports. So it is really important to make this list. Let, let there be some reservoir of truth about the awful, awful ideas that permeate the left. Awful, not in the sense that they're just wrong, but that they are utterly harmful. If you are for biological men competing against women in women's sports, you have truly surrendered any right to be taken seriously on any idea in life. See, I don't think that about every subject. For example, I wrote my last column on, uh, uh, with regard to conservatives differing with each other on Ukraine. I, I believe strongly that we must uh, aid Ukraine. I also believe strongly we must search for peace. But a lot of conservatives think we shouldn't give Ukraine a thing and let Russia do what it wants with Ukraine. That it is, in the words of some prominent conservatives, a border dispute. Uh, the invasion of a country doesn't strike me as, as uh, frankly, as being honestly capable of being called a border dispute. Nevertheless, I love these people. I don't think that this disqualifies them from being taken seriously on any other subject. And I would trust that the same would be with regard to me. I am for aiding Ukraine, and if you are not, I don't think that I have lost your respect in terms of any other position I might take on any other matter. What you say is what I say. We differ on policy A or policy B or C or D, and fine, so of course... We don't have to agree on everything, and, and, and it's impossible. The only person you agree with on everything is yourself. But on this subject, if you believe that biological men can compete in female sports, you have lost all credibility on all subjects. This disqualifies you from being taken seriously. You are self-defining as a fool. 
You might be sweet and kind and all those nice things. I fully acknowledge that. But I have no desire to hear your thoughts on any subject. You have disqualified yourself. I am, in effect, wasting my time reading or hearing you on anything else. So the World Athletics Association has announced that it is going to uh, not allow biological men to compete with women. Natural disasters, airline cancellations and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky-high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control, so let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, AmFed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years' experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. AmFed Coin and Bullion will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. come back to what the uh, federation uh, the world athletics federation has announced in the meantime let's go to jesse in flint michigan hello hi jesse sean do we have the lines on hello jesse sorry about that yes hello hey hi dennis yeah i just if we're going to use the definitions up there, I mean, what's going on in our southern border is considered a border dispute. So, I mean, what's going on in Ukraine with the Russians is minor compared to what's happening here. And so, I mean, I don't agree with that, you know, definition. But as way, the way our current people are saying, there's the southern border. Where there, that's not an invasion. That's not a war. So... Wait, uh, did I hear you correctly? You feel that what Russia's doing in Ukraine is minor compared to what's happening at our border with Mexico? No, that is would, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I believe right, so I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing well. your point. Forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm missing your point. That they're trying to, the, the people that are trying to say that by definition, what's going on in Ukraine is just a border dispute. There are more, there are more, more illegal people coming across the border, our southern border, than what's going on in Ukraine. So by their definition, what's going on in Ukraine is a border dispute. With the fent, I mean, with the amount of fentanyl and the amount of our people dying, I mean, that's a direct result of our southern border being invaded. Right. So, uh, okay. So um, what's the upshot that we should not be aiding Ukraine? I don't, I don't oh, no, no, no. follow. Nope. I'm no, I, I do believe we need, we need to, I mean, it's kind of our thing out there. I mean, we try to, you know, protect freedom free and that, you know, we can't let a communist country or, you know, a dictatorship come in and take out a Right. democratic society right. or what they're trying to all right so you're you're, you're actually in, in agreement with me on that and i appreciate your calling 
I want to return to the. Uh, I I thought that the call was was going to differ with me. That's why I took it. I, I go to those as quickly as I can. Generally speaking, transgender women will no longer be allowed to compete in female track and field events, regardless of their levels of testosterone. World Athletics President Sebastian Coe announced. Speaking after a meeting of the Global Track and Field Federation's decision-making body, Coe said, the council has agreed to exclude male or female transgender athletes who have been through male puberty from female world ranking competitions from March the 31st this year. And he said that the World Athletics had consulted with stakeholders, including the International Olympic Committee and national federations. The majority of those consulted stated that transgender athletes should not be competing in the female category. Many believe there is insufficient evidence that trans women do not retain advantage over biological women and want more evidence that any physical advantages have been ameliorated before they are willing to consider an option for inclusion into the female category. The judgment we took was, I believe, in the best interest of our sport. We're not saying no forever, adding that a working group headed by a transgender person would be created to further monitor scientific developments. Now, this is interesting. The decision has divided opinion. Fair Play for Women, a UK-based body, which says its aim is to, quote, defend the sex-based rights of women and girls, Welcome the move. This is a reversal of their unfair testosterone suppression policy and makes good on Coe's commitment to protect female sport. But LGBTQ plus rights organization Stonewall labeled it disappointing. It is so disappointing to see World Athletics announce a unilateral ban on trans women in track and field events. Their own statement recognizes there are, there are no trans women competing at an international level and that they have no specific evidence to justify the ban. I don't understand that. So if there are no trans women competing, what do they care about a ban? You're banning nobody. Either you're banning somebody. It's, it's a, a, a rather a strange statement. Let, let me read that again. And let's see what I can make of it. Their own statement recognizes there are no trans women competing at an international level. Notice at an international level. So if it applies to nobody, why do they care? And I'll tell you why they care. Because the LGBTQ activists, who are by far the most active of woke activists of left-wing groups in the country. I mean, just the fact that they have all these major league sports having LGBTQ plus nights or even months shows you the effectiveness of their ability to coerce groups into, uh, into basically a propagandistic evening. I, I have, I know this is mocked. I don't know why it is exactly mocked, except anything that differs with the left is worthy of mockery. But I have very close gay friends 
they have no they've never attended they have no interest in gay pride parades gay pride evenings uh th- this whole division of the country i mean let's be you see let's be honest isn't the ideal that the the heterosexual not care if you're homosexual isn't that the ideal you're a fellow human being created in God's image. For those of us who believe in such quaint ideas, I am one of them. End of issue. It, the people saying that LGBTQ people are different are the people who are doing LGBTQ pride evenings. We're different. And we want you to honor our difference. Not honor us. Honor our difference. We'll be back. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show in Sacramento, California. Natalie in Irvine, California. Hello. Good morning. Happy uh, sunny Friday in California, finally. The powers that be better not tell us we're in a drought anymore. Anyway. Yeah, well, we're not in a drought. That is correct. (laughs) Exactly. So I just wanted to bring to your attention, I don't know if you know this, but the Uganda Parliament on Tuesday passed a law stating that they will no longer allow anyone to identify even as an LGBTQ in order to protect the future of their children. So I thought that was very powerful, and I highly doubt you're going to hear that anywhere in the mainstream news. Um, well, I, you, I, to, I think... I uh, to, go on. I just wanted to say that, you know, with all the parades and with all the flags and with all the months that we have for... LGBTQ+, ABCD, I don't know why they need to throw it in so many people's faces, making our, a mockery out of our country, when, you know, they should be so happy that they are accepted, they can live here freely, and it doesn't need to be shoved in anyone's faces. It doesn't need to be right. taken so to that level. Two, when in right, Africa... There, right, all right, so let me react here. There are two separate issues. One is Uganda has done, to the best of my knowledge, if the reporting is accurate. If the reporting is accurate, it is wrong. What Uganda has done is wrong, that you cannot identify as a gay person. I don't even know, what does that even mean? If if there is a uh, dating app in uh, Uganda, I don't know if there are dating apps in Uganda or not, uh, but if, the, if there is one, 
can, can there be one in which someone says, I am gay, I, I am a man, and I am looking for a man? Should he pretend to be heterosexual and then have a woman find out that he is gay and realize that you know, she has wasted her time? Uh, so uh, that I, that's extreme. That's too extreme. Uh, we have the other extreme, as you say, shove it in your face. That is the whole point of LGBTQ parades and especially having hockey teams put uh, the the rainbow colors on their hockey sticks during warm-up. This, that is the whole point uh, to, as you put it, shove it in your face. So there, the, the point is that it shouldn't be a point. You're a gay person. I had dinner last night with a dear friend and a and his sister who was gay. So the, the the woman could not be a sweeter human being. She has no desire to propagandize. She doesn't go to pride parades. She 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 is what she is. And her her brother is a, a deeply religious Catholic. And all he does is show her love which is how I understand their behavior of virtually, of not virtually, of every religious person I know who has a gay in their, in, in their family, whether immediate or extended. The point of the LGBTQ plus uh, is there are many points. The reason for the constant need to have embassies bathed in the colors, and that's what they've been doing, of the rainbow flag. It is a, you see, it is not enough. This is truly significant to understand. It is not enough in, in, in the left-wing gay world or LGBTQ world, because it's much bigger than just gay. It is not enough to have complete tolerance and legal equality. What the LGBTQ not every individual who is one of those, but what the organized groups want is for to society to say there is no difference, not in the human being, of course there isn't, but there is no difference between being, let's say, bisexual and heterosexual. They want affirmation, not tolerance or even respect. They want affirmation. Because I believe deep down, they believe that the ideal really is male-female-based families. And so what they want to do is extinguish that ideal for themselves, not just for society. 1-8 Prager 776, this is fundraising month for PragerU. Whatever you give today will be tripled. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. That's right, it's the happiness hour on the Dennis Prager Show. Every Friday, the second hour since 1999. It's the last century. Let's get the band really up there, Sean. Come on. The real thing. Yes. All right, join me all. 
All right, everybody, the happy make the world better, the unhappy make it worse. Happiness is a moral obligation. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Not fun, though fun is good to have. The pursuit of happiness is a moral achievement. That's correct. It's easy to be unhappy. Ooh, good one. I realized that on a New York subway train in my junior year in high school. I, it's really one of those moments that I will never forget. I was seated. I was almost alone in the car. I went every virtually every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. I went from my home in Brooklyn to Manhattan to bookstores and to concerts and to all sorts of things, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I had a very good time in Manhattan. Intellectually, culturally, socially, you name it. It was really something. And I was sitting on a in the subway car, almost alone, as I said, coming back about 11 o'clock at night. Leaning back on the seat, my arms on the back of the long bench. And it occurred to me that unhappiness was the easy way out. It takes no effort to be unhappy. But it takes an effort to be happy. And that really had a big impact on me. So I'd like to uh, analyze something with you. We have now the highest rates of depression among young Americans, especially young women, that we have ever registered since beginning assessments of happiness or unhappiness in young people. And so I, I think we're talking at least 50 years. So I have given some of my thoughts on this, not on the happiness hour, but when reading to you these studies. And I would like to get your input, especially if you have a young person, especially a young woman, but it could be young men, in your life. 18 Prager 776 877 243 7776. Why do you think there are so many depressed young people in the United States of America? I was talking to a, a woman recently, that's all I'll say. A relative of someone I'm close to. The woman is 30. And she told me, we had a very, uh, a very open uh, dinner. And she told me, the, the, her relative, which is my friend, a male, and she, his sister, she had recently, relatively recently, in the last year, discovered me, as it were, and 
I, I can't tell you how happy I am that I have been a positive influence in her life. So he said, if you ever come to my city and you, and you can possibly have dinner with us, I think that would be great. And I thought it would be great. The sister is gay. He personally is quite religious, a Catholic. And for those who think of the religious as homophobic, you should see the way he, this truly devout Catholic, treats his sister who is gay. I, I don't know if there's a more considerate sibling uh, around. I'm sure they were equally considerate, but not, not more. And she told me that she, in the course of the lockdowns, she had her own place. She got so lonely, and she had already had certain tendencies towards depression, but not full-blown. In this case, it was full-blown. She could not get out of bed. That, to me, has always been a, a mark of serious depression. You just don't want to get out of bed. And furthermore, she had suicidal thoughts. And she attributed them overwhelmingly because she had not had such depression or, such, or suicidal thoughts prior. She was not Miss Happy. She was totally open with her, 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 her life, which had involved drugs for quite a number of years. But she was never suicidal or so depressed that she couldn't get out of bed. And the lockdown created a, an inability to be with friends, with anybody really, and alone in her apartment over time caused suicidal thoughts and depression. There is no question that the lockdowns, which I declared in April of 2020, you can see it on the internet, to be the greatest international mistake in history, were the greatest international mistake in history. That's exactly what they were. Uh, Why people still believe experts' recommendations is uh, a puzzle to me. Everybody who was for lockdowns, every scientist, every public health official, every politician should be completely discredited forever unless they apologize profusely. That Then I accept their apology. So uh, I just in answering the question, why are there so many unhappy young Americans, you, you cannot disqualify the lockdowns. They, they played a a seminal, destructive role in vast numbers of people's happiness. And some have recovered, and some, for some, there are continuing effects. However, it is, of course, silly to say that that is the only reason. However, it is also silly to discount it as a reason. I offer other reasons that you have heard from me, but I am really curious to hear from you. You probably know a depressed or at least quite unhappy young person, especially females, 
So I will, I will offer a thought on the female part. Women need men. Thank you. You can say it. You're allowed to say it. Well, that's not true. You're not allowed to say it. You're allowed to say men need women, but you're not allowed to say women need men. It was a motto of the feminist movement from its inception in the 60s and 70s that as the famous witty, and it is a witty line, goes, a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. Very stupid people said that, and very gullible foolish people believed it. Oh, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And by the way, that has stayed on. If you ask, I have no doubt, if you asked a thousand women under the age of 30, do do women need men? I would say out of the thousand, or do does a woman need a man? How's that? I would say that out of the thousand randomly selected people, mm, 50, one out of 20, would say yes. Ask uh, the, win, uh, the it'd be interesting to ask them, do you think a man needs a woman? By the way, many of them, having been trained at colleges, would say that that's a homophobic question. Why did you say, does a woman need a man? Why didn't you say, does a woman need a partner? By the way, if you ask that, a lot would say yes, proving that the, the man is the issue. Well, my friends, it's the happiness hour, and you, you have no idea how many reports are coming out about how many unhappy young Americans there are. And I have many, many theories as to why. There is no reason why in the freest country, or until three years ago, the freest country in, in, in the world, and I mean that literally, I don't mean that as a cute line, we are no longer the freest country in the world. I don't know who is, but we are not. We were for all of our history. And the, the shattering that was allowed... In the name of health, in the name of health, you can basically do anything to human beings. You can crush their lives. I saw that. It's. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I need to just say this. Health uh, is the God to whom we sacrifice people. Mandating vaccines to young people where the chances of their being hurt are greater than the chances of their being helped. The, uh, the forcing of people to uh, lock down. And the cruelty of not allowing dying people to be with a loved one. The medical profession took part in one of the cruelest exercises on, a, on a, a broad social basis in American history. It began the end of my admiration for the medical profession in this country, which reached uh, full status with 
the American Medical Association announcing that birth certificates should not list the sex of the child that is born because there is no sex of a child that is born. You can't assign one. They'll, they'll decide what they are later. The cruelty in the name of health is uh, was ma- something really worthy of a science fiction. I want to write that down. One second, folks, because I want to write on that. In the name of health, the the evil that took place. So why do you think so many young people are depressed? Let's go to, I'm very curious to hear from you. Los Angeles and Rachel, hello. Good morning, Dennis. Um, Hi. This you as often as I can. I have a 23-year-old niece. She's religious. She's not married. And because of the pressures from society, from the religious side of it, and what's going on, being at home for two years, I think we haven't been able to even help her. What do you mean by pressures? Um, For her being orthodox and very orthodox, not being married at 23, it's a biggest pressure on her. Why am I not married? Everybody else is married. And it's just hurting her so badly. Hmm. Well, isn't that, it's a very interesting call for which I thank you. So it's so, it's, the reason I find it so interesting is because one of the reasons I think so many young women are depressed is they are not married and they are not seeking to be married. They think that they, they will achieve happiness on their own and they don't need a man. So this is the opposite where there's a community and there are communities where there's great pressure to get married. So life is filled with these very difficult extremes. However, I will say this. There were more happy women, I believe, and not I believe, we have data. This is the unhappiest young women in American history. There was no pressure on them to get married. There was pressure to get married in the past. That is absolutely correct. I felt it. I grew up in exactly that community that she just described, Orthodox Jewish. I felt it. Here's something 0.1% of you will know. Even most Jews don't even know this. Traditionally, in traditional Orthodox Jewish life, at the synagogue, a male would not wear the prayer shawl, the talit, until he was married, which was, in effect, society's statement you're not really a man because you didn't get married. That's pressure. That is correct. And you know what? It worked. Men got married, and for the most part, it was a good thing. 
I have data here, the la- a latest survey on, you. this will blow thine mind, if I can pull this up. Yep, here we go. Listen to this. This is from WebMD. This is not a religious or conservative site. Marriage tied to longer lifespan, new data show. Married folks live longer than singles. And the longevity gap is actually growing. And here's one for women. Married women had a death rate of 569 per 100,000. Two and a half times lower than never married. Well, not exactly two times lower than never married women. Never married women was 1,166 deaths per 100,000 people. Married women, 569 deaths per 100,000. You are twice as likely to die if you are a never married woman. So society is okay if it pressures people to get married. What should this young woman do? This young woman should say, I'll marry when I want. When I meet the right guy, she could say anything she wants. So I I find it hard to imagine that the reason for a young woman's depression is society has put too much pressure to get married. I think there are other things at work. That may be contributing, but I think there are other things at work. And let me just say this. There were a lot happier Americans when society did pressure you to get married than today when society says it doesn't mean a damn thing whether you get married. Career is the route to happiness. Or root, if you prefer. We will take more calls. A reminder, you want to do something good, really good, help PragerU. It's fundraising month. It's coming to an end soon. And whatever you give today will be tripled at PragerU.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Keep talking happy talk Talk about things you'd like to do You gotta have a dream If you don't have a dream How you gonna have a dream come true 
Yeah, if you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? I wanted to hear the rest of the lyrics. I did. Yeah, that was good. Not exactly the sort of music and lyrics that you have today, which might be a contributing factor. What is the reason, or what are the reasons, really, for the unprecedented rates of depression among young Americans? That is the topic of the happiness hour. The last call I reflected on for quite a bit, and I'm so happy she called, even though I I don't agree with uh, her analysis, but she really provoked a lot of thought in me. She was speaking about a traditional Jewish uh, society in which she lives, where her niece is depressed because she's not not married, and the society pressures uh, young people to get married. So I was just thinking, this is a great topic for an, another show. Society's pressure. Mm, society should have pressure. It depends what what the pressure is. Society pressures you uh, to smell good. That's a good. That's a good pressure, I think. Now, now with regard. To marriage, society pressures you now not to even think about it and to think rather of career, as if that's going to be the route to happiness for most people. All right, let's uh, continue with your calls. And I, what, oh, yes, let me just say one more thing. Pardon me. When we ask why are there so many more depressed young people today, Isn't the most obvious question to ask, what has changed? Isn't that the only way to analyze, to answer the question? If there are many more depressed young people today, then what has changed? I'll tell you one radical change. They've been given nothing to believe in except crap. Yeah, like anti-racism. Okay, every decent person is against racism, but it is not a life-filling, meaningful task because the country has very little racism outside of the left. They've been deprived of patriotism and they've been deprived of religion. Hmm, maybe those are big changes. They don't get married till much later. Anyway, a lot of you were speaking about that, and of course, social media, which is, uh, and the technology, this is all accurate. Okay, let's go to Arlington Heights, Illinois, and Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mr. Prayer. I'm honored to speak with you, sir. Thank you very much. I was just telling the screener that I have a, I'm 57 years old, I have a 19-year-old nephew, and last week he stopped by and was visiting, and he sat on my couch and told my wife and I that there is absolutely nothing in this country that he can say he is proud of. And he he caught me off guard. Uh, I was floored. Now this is a this is a 19 year old male that went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade, and then went into a public high school, the high school that my wife and I went to, and. I, the, I, I tried to think of something really fast, and I said, NASA, what about NASA? Aren't you proud of our space program? 
and he started to go on about, oh, that's not American, and it's other countries, and, you know, and it's just, I was floored. He caught me off guard, but I think... You know what? It's, it's, a it's, very, coming... it's a very important call. That's exactly I... what they are, that's what they are taught. That is very good. You, you see, I get so much material from listeners. He has nothing he can be proud of in a, for, of America. Hmm. How about its role in vanquishing communism and Nazism? I wonder what he would answer to that. Do you know that on my list of five items I'm most proud of about America is the Korean War? But of course, if you said the Korean War to him, he would have no clue what you're talking about. They're never taught about it. I mean, 37,000 Americans died, and the great majority of young Americans have no idea what it was. South Korea is now a free and and an, an economic giant, thanks to the United States of America. Let Dennis be Dennis. I agree with that. That's the way it's worked for me in life. My parents let me be me at 14, and at 14 I became a happy man and haven't changed. And my employers let me be me. My wife lets me be me. And it's worked out well. Hi, everybody. This is the Ari Sethi Agenda. Whatever's on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death. And, of course, take the music in and I'll tell you what else. Okay, whatever it might be, including, needless to say, fountain pens, audio equipment, photography, classical music, and cigars. Of the rare times I named all five. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so I am now in the capital of a very sick state called California. I am in Sacramento. Over 900 people showed up last night where the president of William Jessup University, Dr. John Jackson, interviewed me. And I mentioned you, to you the number, because you have to understand, even in Sacramento, the capital of the most negative influencing government in the world, California influences America, and America sending toxic ideas to the world. There are so many people who share elevating and not degrading values. I might add that he was a great... Uh, great interviewer. It was a beautiful evening. I wonder if they'll, I'm sure they videoed it, and I'll let you know if it's up, when it's up, where it's up. And at the end, he asked if it was okay with me. It was, I'm sure it was a rhetorical question. Of course, it's okay with me. I love it. Would he end the evening with a prayer? Largely for me. 
And I told him afterwards it was the most moving prayer for me I had ever heard. And when I get a copy of a, the audio or video, I will actually play it for you. That's how much it meant to me. Anyway, that's that's a university that you should consider. Certainly if you're Christian, but even if you're not, uh, I don't know why you would have a problem sending your kid there when you compare it to what is taught at other places. If the president is reflective of that university, that's a good place for kids to go. Anyway, that was I wanted to share that because it was another wonderful and moving experience in my life. I have a lot of them. My cup runneth over, as they say. I want your cups to runneth over as well. That's why I do my work. When I finish my Bible commentary... I'm on the fourth of five volumes. I'll be writing my autobiography, God willing. That excites me no end. I have so much to share that I think would touch and make people laugh. I have a lot of of that in my life and in the writing of the book. I have no title. So I, I came up with something. I haven't even shared this with my family yet, but I, I I don't I keep thinking, what what could be a title? Titles are very important, and this the rational autobiography. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> I, I it's not. Uh, it's not going to be used, but it is not a bad idea. I got that from my uh, technical director. How's this, uh, Sean? I'm going to bounce this off you. I did what I had to do. Uh-huh. He is tepid. His enthusiasm is tepid. Well, anyway, that is what it is. Let's go to your calls, whatever is on your mind here. And L.A. David, hello. Yes, good afternoon, Dennis. Um, Thank you for taking my call again. We spoke briefly a couple weeks ago about the Dutch farmers' uh, big historic victories. Um, But with respect to the younger generations and education, you know, what I think is so important, of course, is history, which we don't have any of, really. But go to slavery. You know, people don't know the history of slavery, and, and you, we must teach that because it's actually the Europeans who in the – because, of course, slavery was a worldwide institution from the dawn of history that we have. But, you know, you have that's the Europeans in the late 17th century through the 19th century that abolished slavery. And even as late as the – uh, you know, even after we had um, 
abolish slavery here, the Emancipation Proclamation in 1864. You have the you have the us pressuring or the Europeans pressuring the Ottoman Empire, who had white slaves still in the 1800s and the early 20th century. So we need to show that it's actually the whites, the Europeans, who started to end slavery, which then has gone around the world for human rights because of our economic power. And God, I, you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> I, I think it's great. And I wonder if there is a, if there are more than five teachers, including college and including high school, in all of America that teach that. Of course we should teach about slavery, but you should teach the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because the question, if you want to take a, a serious look at history, is not who had slavery. Everybody did. Everybody. I don't mean every individual. Every society. So the question is not who had slaves or who had slavery. It's who abolished it. And they're not taught that. <laughs> oh God. The lies. In the name in the name of truth. Oh, let's teach the truth about slavery. Okay. But that must include its abolition. All right, let's see here. Let's take uh, one on one of my pet subjects. Seattle, Washington. Victor, hello. Hi, Dennis. How you doing? All right. All right. So I'm so glad to finally get a chance to talk to you. I um, I have a chance to, I got some friends that do estate sales. And this guy used to be a commander of in the Navy of ships, and he bought a whole bunch of equipment, of stereo equipment. And they're going through it, and I got a chance to get some of it, but it's all very, a little bit older. It's Macintosh stuff, and it's uh, Sansui, and he keeps telling me it's all the, the, um, it's all in wood cabinets, very heavy, and it has the old tubes. I don't know what any of that means, but I know you do, so I just wonder if you could enlighten me. Yes, I know what it all means. (laughs) You are entirely right. There are two types of audio equipment for serious listening, as I do. Tube and solid state. Most are solid state, but they have a different sound, and they're both great. I use solid state because tubes wear out, and you have to replace them after a certain amount of time, and they start to deteriorate, and you're not fully aware of that. Anyway, there is only one criterion for what you should buy if you want to listen to music in a serious way. Your ears. The answer to the question of what is the best equipment is the one you like the most. Otherwise, there would only be one label, right? And everybody would buy it. That's a very important thing to realize. What is the best camera? 
I'm asked that all the time, and here's the answer. The one you'll use. That's the best camera. All right, my friends, we continue... Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I was discussing the possible name of my autobiography that I am aching to write, but I have a moral commitment to God. I mean it. Uh, To finish my Bible commentary. The Rational Bible. You want a richer life. I think you would have it if you read that. So I've been bouncing off titles with Sean McConnell. And he had a very good idea, and that is scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I shortened it to just the bottom of the barrel. And uh, it comes from my great story that when the announcement of who made the final cuts for my high school basketball team was made the coach said well we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel Prager made the team and that's how he uh, came up with that name as I have noted whenever I've told that story I remember vividly my reaction my internal reaction this guy is a real a-hole for saying that And he's right. (laughs) Uh, To this day, I have incorporated those two things in all of the attacks on me, and they they are legion on the Internet. And I I often think this is a very unimpressive person, but I always ask, is there any truth to their attack? That's a, it's been a very, very helpful guideline. Whether or not the person is a, a decent person is an interesting question, but not relevant really to me. I have to ask, is there any truth to this person's reaction to what I have said or written? Everybody should incorporate that, even when you're insulted. What Did I do anything to prompt that reaction, even if the reaction is over-the-top, vile, etc., etc.? Okay, let's go to more of your calls here. And Jessica in, is that Aston, Pennsylvania? Is that correct? Correct. Correct. It's right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, you lucky thing, you. Hey, I'm curious. Oh, okay. Well, that answers my question. I don't have to ask it. No. <laughs> I did get All to right. see you in Warrington. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's great. So you're, you're a suburb of Philly? Correct. Delaware County. And, and is life in your suburb, has it deteriorated like it has in Philly? Not as bad, but um, crime is up. Yeah, it's sad really it is sad it it truly is 
My uh, my son lives uh, an hour outside of Philly. I have so, but but he's far enough away that he doesn't think of himself at all as in that area. He's where the Amish live. Yeah, it's so much nicer. I mean, driving. I work. Yeah. And drive out as soon as you're like that hour away. Everything's nicer. <laughs> That's right. Isn't that amazing? One it hour. Is. Yeah. Yep. All right. What's on your mind? So I was calling about the comment that the other caller was saying uh, about the slavery uh, situation. And um, I give presentations in high schools and middle schools for an exchange student program I work for. And uh, this is outside of Philadelphia, obviously. (laughs) And um, I was saying to the students in middle school, you know, 10 to 13 years old, that, you know, when you have these students with you, be proud of your, your community and show off, you know, your city. And a kid right in front of me says, oh, it's such a horrible country. When they get here, they must be so disappointed. I was like, what? I said, this is the greatest country in the, like, history of the world. And he's like, oh, yeah, but all the slavery and all the bad stuff. I was like, what? I said, if it wasn't for us, slavery wouldn't have been abolished. And he was just like, what? And his buddy looked it up and sure enough was realizing, yeah, she's right. (laughs) And, I mean, my head spun around. (laughs) I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) When so, when the buddy uh, said, "Yeah, she's right," did, the, did that student have any reaction? Just like hmm, you know, like he didn't really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It won't it won't change his thinking. But but I'm very happy you said that. I'm surprised oh, they I, still <laughs> hire you. Oh, the teachers aren't as bad as the teachers I go to. They're all language teachers, so they have more of a world view. Because I'm going into like. The French classes and the Spanish classes; these, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the others, yeah, a little different. <laughs> well, you're a joy. I, I hope I see you again when I come to the Philly area. Thank you, thank you, Atlanta, Georgia, and Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello, well, hello, ben. Dennis. Uh, uh, very uh, honored to speak with you. Um, you. I just had some thoughts. Uh, you were speaking, I believe it was in the um, Ultimate Issues Hour, about, uh, I think it was, you were talking about animal status in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. You had a caller who was, I think he said he was an agnostic, but um, his question to you was trying to get an answer on uh, why animals are violence to- violent towards each other, um, basically why right. do animals need to eat each other and things like that. And the thought occurred to me, it may be as basic. I, don't, I wouldn't presume to have a answer of God, and I'm fairly secular, if not agnostic myself. But if God did create the world and did create the animals and did put that behavior in animals, could it be as simple as population control? If you know, most animals basically procreate as often as they can, and if there was not, you know, certainly people hunt to eat, but um, if they, I, I don't think that that would make as big a dent as in as if other animals also hunted other animals. And if they did not, and we did not have population control, I think rather quickly, uh, really the planet yeah. would not be able to sustain the life that it has. That's yes, uh, that's an excellent point. I thank you. And it comes from a non-religious person, but he thinks rationally. That's what matters. Largely matters, anyway. 
So, of course, I know what uh, the the person who is annoyed with God will then respond. Why did God make animals want to procreate that much? Why couldn't the population control be built in? But, of course, that what you end up doing then is, oh, if I were God, this is how I would make the world. Okay, you're allowed. Say what you like. I believe God is good, and he knew what he was doing. I said that animal suffering was an issue for me, and it is. But I think this is a very good answer as well. Yeah, and sometimes you really should watch it as, like right now, with my guest, Julie Hartman. Every day... I have somebody in some way affiliated or touched by, affiliated with or touched by PragerU during the fundraising month of March. And I have Julie Hartman on. Julie and I do a podcast every week. It's between an hour and an hour and a half. I have never co-hosted anything in my life, but she is as close to kindred spirit as can exist in two separate people and I really really encourage you to watch the Dennis and Julie podcast and especially encourage you to encourage your high school college age young people so Julie Hartman was at Harvard when she became aware of PragerU. I don't even recall, Julie, what was your first engagement with PragerU? Well, it was during the summer of 2020, during the Black Lives Matter riots. I was home from college because of COVID. I had been home for several months. And I mean, this the LA and the entire country was... Um, convulsing with riots. I mean, it was just crazy to see what was happening to our nation. And I thought, well, if this is the left, this is not who I am. I had always considered myself to be a liberal by default, not really because I believed in the ideas, but because I didn't know what I was. So I thought I was a liberal. And one night I went on the internet and I Googled, what do conservatives think about police? Because I thought the way that the left was villainizing police was so unfair. It really disgusted me. The first thing that popped up was PragerU and it was actually Heather McDonald's video, Are the Police Racist? And in five minutes, she totally upended my understanding of policing in the country. And from there I went on to other five minute videos on a variety of subjects. I actually stayed awake that entire night and I just kept going down a rabbit hole watching these videos. And it was like I was in a dark room and finding PragerU flipped the light switch on. I thought, oh my gosh, I have these conservative instincts. I didn't even realize I was conservative. Here's the site that is showing me 
the right way to think. And I was so overwhelmed by how uh, well written the scripts were, how fair the arguments were. I just thought these are really intelligent, good people. And now, Dennis, that I have the honor of knowing you and, and Alan Estrin and Marissa Streit and Amala and all of the amazing people at PragerU, I know just how true that is. All of you are remarkably good people. And I, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious because I fear the viewers are going to think I'm just saying it to flatter you or that I'm exaggerating, but it is not an exaggeration. You know, all I did for the last two minutes that you spoke is smile. I feel oh. silly. I feel, <laughs> I feel stupid. <laughs> you should know, folks, I... Well, when did we tell you you would be on five minutes ago? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. 30 seconds before. This is so fun. Well, that that's the point, folks. They watch one, and then they watch two, and then their lives are touched. And the only reason that this happens is because we so promote the superb work we put out. It all costs money, and everything we put out is free. If you give today, and it's Friday, so it's the last day of this offer, everything you give today to PragerU will be tripled. You give $100, you're giving $300. And remember, my theory, there are three types of good people. Those who fight, those who help the fighters, and those who do nothing. Helping the fighters is as good as fighting. We can't fight without supplies. Julie, that was uh, a keeper. I, I think I just want to play that periodically during fundraising months at uh, for PragerU. Any final thought? Yes, I do want to say really quickly that certainly PragerU changed my mind politically, but I really think PragerU has also made me into a happier, healthier person because they have so many videos that don't pertain to politics, that pertain to character development, that really influenced me. And that's what I love about conservatism writ large. The political part of it is actually such a small part. Conservatism is about conserving the best, whether that's music, architecture, values, etc. And PragerU brings that element of conservatism to its viewers. Really, I will talk about PragerU with you anytime. It changed my life. Wow. Thank you, Julie. And Thank everyone, you. please, yes, you're welcome. Please donate to PragerU and watch Dennis and Julie. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.